Welcome to Tamra Talk Circular, where we explore how businesses, municipalities, and governments are collaborating towards a circular economy. If you've been following this podcast series, you've heard me emphasize the urgency to step up on action in the fight against climate change. And of course, increasingly, we see the stakeholders coming together to work towards real solutions on the ground, while governments, NGOs, and other bodies work to get the right framework in place, such as binding legislation, directives, and extended producer responsibility, just to name a few. And while it's clear that materials across the board, such as wood, textiles, metals, must also remain in the cycle if the EU's climate targets are to be achieved by 2050, perhaps the biggest challenge and the one getting the most attention is plastic waste. My name is Mitu Moran, and joining me today is Laszlo Tsekeli, Tomorrow's one and only VP Head of Plastic Applications. Laszlo, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mitu. So Laszlo, let's get started with the basics. Just how much plastic is in post-consumer waste streams? Oh, that's a good question. So depending on the statistics, for sure, slightly different data are circulating. So uh, the world population generates around yeah, 2, 2.1 billion tons of MSW every year. We have some numbers that around 12 up to 15% of this amount, waste amount, is plastic waste. So if we do the math, that we then we have around 250 million tons of plastic in this MSW. Um, of course, of different numbers and dif- different factors have an important role, like region, culture, consumption behavior, uh, waste collection system, and so on. So in some area, we have more plastic, in some area, less plastic. But if we take in consideration that an average of 12%, that's already a lot. There is a lot, and then it's material, valuable material that we should be getting to. Can you explain what MSW is? Yeah, the MSW is basically the short name of, of municipal solid waste. That means it's actually a mixed waste uh, collection. It could be everything inside. It could be packaging. It could be organic. It could be uh, plastic, wood, whatever. So um, this is... If we take as an example Germany, we have the separate collection, which is mainly a packaging material, and then we have the black bin, which is basically the everything else, or should be everything else than uh, than packaging. But of course, in the reality, looks a little bit different. That you will have packaging material in the separate collection, and you will have packaging material in the municipal solid waste, so in the black bin. Um, but of course, in some areas, you have just one bin and which collects everything, and this is MSW, Municipal Solid Waste. You've been in this industry for a while, I think uh, 10 years or so? Yes, in February it was 10 years. Wow, long time. You've been observing plastic sorting and recycling during this time. In these 10 years, what's been the most valuable development so far? Progress has been made in many senses, not only the technology for the recycling of plastics, like sorting, washing, extrusion, and so on, has developed further, but also the packaging and petrochemical industry contributes. So design for recycling is becoming more and more important. The demand for PCR material is increasing. We see that petrochemical companies 
I'm sorry, Laszlo, for the PCR, perhaps you can explain? Post-consumer recycling material. Okay, thanks. Um, petrochemical companies are investing in recycling. So we are moving in the right direction, but with small steps, um, and there is still work to be done. But if I compare the nowadays, 10 years ago, um, at that time, it was impossible to get on one table the petrochemical companies, the packaging, the brand owner, the recycling companies, waste management companies. So it was almost impossible. Nowadays, this is totally normal, which is a good sign. So it's the collaboration. It's, it sounds like everyone has realized we need to work together if we are to, to get the job done as quickly as possible. Exactly. So each, every industry is part of this uh, loop. And if we don't work together, it will not work. So if one industry is not not doing his, his homework, the whole uh, loop will not work. And fortunately, um, this is working quite well. But yeah, the steps are small. Okay. And one of those partners uh, or one of those parties, I guess, might be the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, um, who has been doing work and bringing parties together for quite some time now. According to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, approximately 14% of plastics are actually collected for recycling, a number that really hasn't changed, if I'm correct, since 2014. And, and please correct me if I'm wrong there. Tomra has pledged to enable collection of 40% of all post-consumer plastic package, packaging for recycling by 2030. That's a pretty big jump in a very short period. What plastics are still slipping efficient collection and why, if, if there's anything out there? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So basically, the amount of waste is increasing each every year. So if we take the 14%, actually, the amount is, is, is bigger and bigger every year, which is recycled, but the percentage stays the same. Um, on the other hand, some of the plastics are, are end up in the wrong bin, so are not collected for recycling. So they end up in, in let's say, in, in, in landfills or in incinerators. And of course, even with it, separate collection, it's it's landing. This is what you're saying in the wrong bin it, in areas exactly. and regions where there's separate collection of of this material. It's it's still not necessarily landing up where it should. That that's uh, that's correct. So even in in the countries where we have a separate collection and we have MSW bin, some of the plastic, not just packaging, but generally ends up in the wrong. Let's call it wrong bin, which is not collected for for recycling, and this this uh, plastic and valuable material is burned. So that means if we want to increase the recycling rates, uh, then we have to, to take a look also to this material. In general, it's an MSW. Um, and in this material, it's also a lot of plastic inside. So we have to start to sort and collect for recycling, not just a separate collection, uh, collected material, but also the MSW bins. Um, and this, of course, the, the government and the companies are doing a lot of work to convince the people to put the packaging in the right and the separate collection but of course this is not always yeah happening and if we realize that that we cannot convince the people or, or some of them are not really realizing what they are doing then we have to take this material as well and sort it for recycling okay so there's a lot of potential there and in my opinion if we will not sort also these waste streams 
so the household waste streams, uh, we will not be able to achieve the recycling rates from 2030, 2050, and so on. Okay, so there's a couple of issues. We won't be able to, at least in the EU, where there are rates, we won't be able to reach them. And secondly, we're actually losing uh, valuable material, um, which makes us rely more heavily on on fossil fuels. So there's two two things that we can we can work towards. In this program, uh, we've talked a few times about Tarma's holistic resource system, which includes DRS or deposit return systems, a separate source collections and mixed waste sorting that you've also mentioned, the MWS. So in a sense, it's first about collecting the material in an organized way so that we can then sort and recycle at high quality levels, which is what the market needs. Sorting different waste streams with the goal of closing the loop, however, that requires technical expertise. If we say the last one, so mixed waste sorting, and this is the one that you've been talking about, Laszlo, what would you say are the technical challenges in recovering the plastics from that particular waste stream? Yeah, that's also a good question. Um, in my opinion, the biggest challenge is to collect the waste, to establish a functioning waste collection worldwide, which is not, not normal. So we, of course, in Europe, we have in each every country a, a waste collection system. If it's a, just one collection or it's a separate collection and a mixed waste, um, that's, that's another topic. But, um, once the waste is collected, it can be treated or sorted with existing technology. So uh, if I recover, uh, if I recover, for example, a shampoo bottle from the separate collected waste or from the municipal solid waste, makes no difference. Um, there are some rumors in the market, or it were some rumors in the market, that plastics from uh, mixed waste is not recyclable, which is not true. Uh, it is recyclable with the existing technology. You can recover it for recycling. You can recycle it as well, like from different waste streams. Uh, and we should do this, definitely. The, the technical part of the separate collected waste sorting facility or a mixed waste sorting facility, it's quite similar. It's still screening, metal separation, optical sorting, uh, and so on. And okay, this, so this is, this is done already in, in many countries. So we, sh we should make sure that we, we have a waste collection worldwide and we take care of this collected. Okay, so we just need to get to it. The technology exists. You just mentioned optical sorters. How can you differentiate between the different types of material or plastics in the streams? We are using advanced sensor-based sorting technologies um, to sort different waste or material streams. Detection techniques like near-infrared, so NIR, or visual spectrometer, which is the VIS, makes it possible to distinguish between different polymers like polyethylene, polypropylene, PVC, polyurethane, and so on. Of course, also different materials like paper, and beverage cartons, and so on. So everything which you will find in the waste. Uh, and um, with this technology, you are even capable to distinguish not just the material, but also the color. So if the customer or the, the company wants to sort, let's say, uh, white HDPE, then it is possible with this material. Or if they want a favorite red or blue or whatever, it is possible. Okay. 
So everything is possible, if I understand. Uh, from, from the technical point of view, everything is possible. It just needs to be done. Uh, and in many, many new facilities, this is happening already. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating. Subscribe and turn on notifications. You've already touched on this a little bit. This is really getting to the material, collecting the material. And as we've said, the technology exists today. It's possible today to, to actually collect more material in an organized fashion. But once we have the material, we need to do something to close the loop. If we focus on plastics, what technology exists today to help us get there? And, and maybe I can just dovetail on that quickly. If the material, if the technology exists today, why haven't we been doing it? Why isn't there more of this in place? Yeah, in order to close the loop, we need high quality recyclates and even more important, a, a constant quality for, for, for the industry. And in order to achieve this quality, the material has to go through a more complex recycling process. So the classic recycling process, or, or we call it open loop recycling, like a basic pre-sorting, cold washing and extrusion, is technologically not capable to produce the needed quality. So when we, when we say closed loop, that means, as an example, take a shampoo bottle and bring it back in the shampoo bottle. If this shampoo bottle is a red one or a white one, you need the same color. The typical recycling process from, from the past was just take the plastic, wash it, and, and produce a dark, gray, even black recyclate. So you cannot take this recyclate and produce a white bottle out of it or a red one. So that's why when I say more a more complex process, that means you need a pre-sorting, not just by material, but also color. Then in order to, to get a really clean material, a flake or a pellet later on, you need a hot washing step instead of cold washing in order to set, uh, to remove the, the glue and the print and everything. And then you want to have a flake which has a neutral smell. So it, it's not uh, smells like a specific shampoo. That means in the process, you need a, a deodorization step. And then, of course, this, at the end, it is the extrusion step. And with this process, which is more complex than the other one, you are able to produce this quality. And if you talk to the, the brand owners and packaging um, companies, packaging producer companies, this is what they want. They want white and transparent material. And that's why, so technically it's possible, also financially it, it's doable, but at the moment, this kind of um, mechanical, advanced mechanical recycling plants are missing. There are a couple of them already who, who invested in, in a new plants or upgraded older plants. But the, where are those? We have, for example, in the Netherlands, uh, one we have in Germany, uh, one. Um, so, so they are coming, but of course the industry was focused, especially when we talk about polyolefins, the, the industry was focused on these grayish black recyclates, which were used for lower quality products. 
we know from the PET recycling that this is possible. So PET is recycling, bottle-to-bottle processing. It's working since decades. So in, the, in, the, in that industry, they are sorting by color and they are hot washing since decades. But everything else besides uh, PET, so polyolefins and PS and so on, it was not really done. And this is coming now because the, the market needs this material. Okay, promising words. This is coming now. So that's, uh, that's good. Here in Europe, generally, we like to think we're leading the way when it comes to transformation to a circular economy. And I think until now, uh, that's been the case. I'm wondering in other regions, as they observe what's going on here and learning what works in terms of technology, what works in terms of legislation, what frameworks are needed and, and all of that. Do you see potential that some of these regions, let's say in uh, Asia or even uh, the Americas, that they might actually leapfrog the EU? Um, I hope so. I hope that the rest of the world will follow Europe or especially the European goals. Um, after all, the plastic issue is not a local challenge. Yeah? So uh, we will not uh, um, solve the, the problem just in Europe. We need to focus worldwide. And this, uh, and in this matter, um, we should not only be uh, role models, but should collaborate and, and help. So we should develop um, possibilities together that can be implemented for different regions. Because um, not every measure what works well in Europe will also work worldwide. Yeah. So a system which is working quite well in, in Europe, for example, doesn't mean that it will work in, in Thailand or, or Malaysia or in the US. So we have to focus what's, what's in that region and what can we do to improve the situation. And in many, many parts of the world, we could start by implementing a waste collection system. Which goes back to the holistic resource system, which is a model, if I understand correctly, uh, that was developed with Tomra and Unomia. It's a model that can be used and adjusted and localized to fit these local conditions that you've mentioned. A few exactly, times. exactly. So um, in, in Europe, if we say, okay, we, we ban landfilling, so we, we don't put the waste in landfill anymore. Then, of course, because we have alternatives, we have recycling or sorting facilities, we have incineration and so on. But all this... You cannot just take copy and paste because they probably in another region they don't have they just have landfilling but they don't have incineration. So if you ban landfilling, you still have the waste. So you you have to to start somewhere, and that's why we we are working on different continents, not just in Europe, uh, and and analyze the local situation and try to find solutions to improve the the, the problems. So in this episode, we focused a lot on the technical um, and on collaboration. In past episodes, we've talked a lot about the political, about extended producer responsibility, and, and generally about legislation that's coming into place, especially in the EU. In your opinion, Naslo, having been at this for, for 10 years or so, what's the most important issue, the most important topic, when we need to move towards a circular economy as quickly as possible? I don't know if I've understood correctly the questions, but one important point is that the, the pressure is coming from the consumer. So the consumer push uh, is pushing the industry to 
to use more recycled material and and uh, to design the packaging more uh, environmentally friendly and so on. And as soon the the industry is is using recycled material, um, the the industry needs to communicate to the consumer that, by the way, we are using fifty percent, seventeen percent, or whatever how much post consumer, and it could be that the packaging it's a little bit different than. The, the original one, which is 100% uh, virgin material. And, but that doesn't mean that the, the product is less, has a lower quality. It's just a recycled material. Um, and this needs to be communicated and the consumer needs to be, yeah, uh, informed about this. And I think this, this, this is a big fear what companies, big brand owners have, that if they're using a certain amount of recyclates, and the packaging probably it's not snow white anymore that the customer will say oh that's probably a lower quality than before and this is not not true so if we take a, as an example uh, paper many years back when i was a, a, a child um, the paper industry already used recyclate so recycled paper and of course it was not white completely it, it has a kind of touch great touch Lovely. And, yeah exactly and and the consumer accepted completely because they knew okay they did something for the environment yeah it doesn't mean that the newspaper is lower quality just because it's not completely white anymore it's just because they used probably recyclate uh, recycled paper in that case and uh, but the product is the same and I think this is missing. This is missing right now because the technology is there, so we are capable to do uh, uh, re recycling. The legislation is there. The politics is pushing this. The industry is pushing this. And the only feedback I get is that okay, we need to check how we use recyclates because we want to avoid to to change a little bit the shape or the color of the of the packaging. I think this this is an important point. And as I'm listening to you, Laszlo, I wonder if we are not if we have to, uh, when we are able to to help the customer or consumer understand what this means. I could imagine once that understanding is there, that greenwashing will no longer be an issue because the consumer understands. Yes, def definitely. So I think more, more, more presentations and more um, open communication with the consumer would help. The majority of the industries or the companies are are doing or they are changing something in their production, not just because of greenwashing anymore, because more because they they really care now and they want to show that they can do something for the environment. But this is these are steps which will not happen overnight. In some cases, are more more easy to change, and in some some cases, when we when we take as an example uh, the um, food packaging or packaging for for medicine, in this case, it's still um, let's call it a taboo or or not possible to use recycled content from polyolefins, for example, because there are some some regulations which is. Um, yeah, stop or not allowed to use it. But I think if we continue to work on this and we we will find some 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 solutions to to use this material also in other industries and other packaging, 
then then um, it will work. Aslo, you make it sound so easy. You make it sound like, uh, and I, I guess the technology is there. Everyone is moving in the right direction. But let's be realistic. How feasible do you think it is to get to a circular economy, a truly circular economy? I, I, to be honest, I, I'm, I don't think that we will replace 100% of the virgin material. So I, we, should, we should stay realistic. I'm not an optimistic person or, or a pessimistic. I'm a realistic. In some of the cases, we will achieve uh, some, some good results. So we will be able to, to close the loop. But of course, in some of the, the, the cases, uh, it's not possible. And then we, we have to, to do our best to, so not to stop working on, on solutions. Because if we see in each every opportunity a problem, then it will be an issue. If we see in each every issue or in each every problem um, a solution, then we will continue to develop the technology and also the politics will, will continue to come with um, legislations. And, and uh, But if we'll take 10 years, 20 years, I don't know, cannot tell you. I can tell you that I'm working since 10 years in, on this, and I will continue to work on this. Okay, that sounds like a fair and realistic answer. So thank you for that. One last question, Laszlo. You have two beautiful children. Let's, let's look 10 years down the road. And let's say they ask you, Papa, what did you do to make this world a better place? <laughs> that's, that's, How will you answer that question? I hope my question. I hope my children never ask me this. But, uh, how will you answer? Uh, that's that's a really really good one. Um, yeah, what should I say? I probably I will tell them, uh, kids. I spent the last twenty years of my life in the waste industry, trying to to solve the waste issue or a plastic waste issue. And uh, since in ten years I still have to work another twenty. I will still continue to work on that. But I can tell you already that in, uh, in, in the school of where my son is going, uh, I'm already the good guy. So <laughs> I belong to the, to the parents which are in the good, good team. I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. Thank you, Laszlo, for your time and for your insights and helping us better understand how to get to a circular economy. Thank you, Mito, for the invitation and for the nice uh, discussion. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating. Subscribe and turn on notifications. To comment on this episode, visit circular-economy.tomra.com slash podcast.